Hey everybody, uh, Joshua Vergara here, host of the Paganau Weekly Podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be different, obviously, you see from the title, that this is going to be a conversation about Black Lives Matter and the social justice movement that is happening right now across the world. This is literally one of the, if not the biggest, social justice movement of all time happening in every single state in the U.S. and in so many countries around the world. This is a conversation that, even in places you may not expect, like on this podcast, has to happen. And we, here at Pocket Now and as part of the podcast, are very blessed to have people in our community who are willing to be a part of it, who are willing to voice out uh, on platforms like this. So with that said, uh, Jaime and myself, uh, we were supposed to be doing this episode over the last couple of days, but it eventually turned into me having Thunder E of Board at Work here. And just like with anybody who is struggling with how to tackle or how to handle and support what is happening right now, I wanted to take this opportunity to just listen. I have certain perspectives that I that I add into the conversation, mainly as a way to connect the plight and the story of the Black Lives Matter movement to situations and scenarios and perspectives that are not of the Black community. So for example, just sort of connecting my own experience as an Asian American, as a Filipino American, uh, just as a way for all of us to try and find this common ground, because the conversation is about Black America. And one of the ways that I believe that we can all try to help at the very least, re-educate or reprogram ourselves to make the world a better place is to find that common ground, find those stories that actually are similar between our communities, and that way we can lift everybody up. And as of right now, there's no other phrase that deserves to be uttered to start a conversation like this than Black Lives Matter. So... I hope that you will stick around with us for this episode. Uh, to the people who were in the Instagram live that we did uh, while recording this podcast, thank you for being a part of that. And here we go. This is a conversation about social justice, Black America, and Black Lives Matter with Thunder E of Board at Work. So here we are on a Monday, and uh, Thunder E of Board at Work is here joining us on the show. A bit of a last minute thing, so I do want to thank you for for coming on. Um, originally, Jaime and myself were going to record an episode over the weekend, and some people were already asking what our topic is for today, and I think there is no other topic that deserves to be talked about right now, to be honest, especially with the way that the world is going at the moment. Um, there's no other way to start the conversation than with the term Black Lives Matter. And I have to admit something, you know, it, it, obviously the conversation like this is not about me, but I was telling E, um, I was telling Thunder E during one of our chats that I didn't want to just jump into having a conversation with specific people like you, like black creators or anything like that, because I didn't want it to seem like we were shoehorning anything. I didn't want it to seem like yeah. we were just like jumping on top of everything. But when the idea came up um, and I asked you, you were, you were, you were open to it. And uh, yeah, I wanted to leave the conversation, you know, up to up to you uh, in terms of how you wanted to approach it, because obviously, you know, this is Pocket Now, and it's a tech channel, it's a tech show, but this is a conversation that we have to have everywhere. I feel like so. Yeah, I, I agree, and I believe so. I think it's one of the things where 
um, you know, we've shied, we shied from this conversation and tech has felt like a safe haven because, you know, you focus on the products, you focus on the technology, you focus on that, those things. And you, um, you kind of move away and say, look, you know what? Um, let that, let that solve itself while we focus on this. The thing is, you know, in every sphere, you've got people of different races, colors, religions, preferences, you name it, right? And that has helped things move forward in life, just in general. Um, and, you know, one of the beauties about tech is that, you know, tech is very, um, uh, can be enormous for just the human race. It's like, you know, this is the things that people use. So I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, you know, you guys doing this, uh, seeing creators speak out, you know, um, Casey went out to protest and use his mm -hmm. platform. Um, you know, uh, MKBHD did a video about, you know, um, you know, his perspective and where he's coming from as a creative color. Um, you know, different people, Dom made a video, um, TLD also did, did something, uh, which was, yep. which was cool to see. It was good to see the community stand up because, um, you know, there's one thing when you en you're enjoying content from people and we don't share our personal lives extensively. We don't tell you some of the things we go through. Um, and, you know, for me, I, you know, I had this conversation, um, in a different podcast, uh, this week and I was saying, look, um, my own story is different. My, for me as a creator, I'm a different animal because, um, you know, I, I'm Nigerian. I was born in Nigeria. I lived there for half my life and I come here. And I experience something else. You know, I come to America, yeah. which America's a great place. Like, for one, if I didn't, I wouldn't meet you. I wouldn't meet my friends. I wouldn't meet the different people that I've come to know and enjoy and do all the different things that I, I am doing. You know, I was a microbiologist uh, and now I am a, you know, I'm a techie, right? Um, uh, so it's that America affords that great, great transition. But there are a lot of things that happen that, you know, a lot of black people go through in this country that we just don't see. And tech has afforded us to see that. And you know, that's always the funny thing is that, you know, uh, there's a quote that Will Smith said, I believe it was Will Smith, but then again, it's, you know, memes are shared, but he said, you know, these things have been happening. It's just that now we've got smartphone cameras to capture it. That's it. That yeah. literally has been it. You know, the technology that I love, you know, the fact that we love our front-facing cameras and rear cameras, we've talked about those things to get better, have afforded us to say, here is an injustice going on um, mm -hmm. that shouldn't be, you know. And, you know, the one thing that I want to really point out is, is something that I had to deal with this weekend because I, I, was, I was chatting with, um, um, not chatting, but I was responding to somebody on my Facebook, my personal Facebook, who was really angry about the protest. He's a white guy who I know, um, really angry about the, you know, his, his rant was about the rioting in the protest, you know, um, was focusing that. And the second rant was also the fact that, you know, Judge, Judge Floyd, who passed away, has a criminal record, you know. And so for me, I said, look, let's just be real, number one. According to the law, it doesn't matter if you have a criminal record or not. It means that if you do something wrong, you have the right to be arrested and then go through the proper legal channels. That has nothing to do with you killing the person doing an arrest, especially when nothing is going on. So the argument of his 
of his, you know, criminal record means nothing because we've seen so many issues, you know, situations where, um, you know, uh, white men who have gone to shoot down schools have been arrested quite easily, you know. So, so for us, it's always that whole process of like, I'm not saying that is a special treatment. I'm just saying just do the same thing. Just, just yeah. be balanced. Just, you know, that's really what you want. You want to feel that way. And then, you know, um, a lot of us get, you know, we've, I've had the situations where people don't want to sit next to me or, you know, people have said something and I'm just like, like me personally, I'm, I'm the kind of person that those things don't bother me because I, I know that I'm not that. I know the value that I've been brought up with and be taught. But also it affects a lot of people. It hits inside when, you know, and I remember situations when I was in college where I'm sitting down, you know, by an exit roll of, you know, of chairs and there are a bunch of chairs next to me and students just walk by because they just didn't either want to ask me or tell me. I'm like, okay, I guess you don't want to sit next to me. Fine. You know, those are the kind of things that did, especially if you grow up in this country, it hits you constantly. And then we're not talking about the, the encounters with police and the fact that, look, I mean, I was told, you know, when I, when I started like traveling more, it was my uncle's like, look, always wear a suit. So you look dignified. Meanwhile, everybody else in this country gets to just wear the clothes they want to and jump in the plane. The idea that I have to look a certain way to fly. I never really thought about it until more recently is that this is the things that my uncle was trying to tell me to stay safe. He's like, look, you know, look respectable, look a certain way. And I'm like, why can't I just wear jeans and a, and a t-shirt to fly, right? There's nothing wrong with looking like that, but it's that kind of process, right? And I don't, I don't want to get into personal details of my own police encounters because the funny thing is every black person in America has experienced them. I've experienced really scary ones. I've experienced annoying ones. I've experienced ones that just, I'm like, why are you doing this to me? But. I, there's no need to go into details because you will hear those stories constantly from yeah. people. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, I appreciated was the community supporting, you know, people were using their platforms to say, Hey, look, and, and I'm, I don't blame people for having a hard time of saying something. It's not an easy thing. So the one thing I'll tell you is that, look, if you're the creators who are expecting to say something and they haven't said anything, don't rush to judgment because it's not easy. Because even I have wrestled with the fact of, should I make a video and just go back into my video reviews like nothing happened? Or should I say something? And what I've done is just use my social platforms. I haven't done anything on my YouTube because I don't, you know, it's difficult. But the thing is, lend a voice. You know, whether you're sharing other people's voices out there and saying, look, I support you know, black lives. I understand that there are struggles that are going on. There are things that I know I can't change, but let me, let me lend an ear. Let me support, donate. Let me share some of the people out there that are, are great, that are doing a good job. Because, you know, the funny thing is you hear the argument of people saying like, but, you know, we just want it to be a place where everybody is, you know, is equal and, you know, we don't have to care about skin color. I was like, everybody wants that. That's what we want. Yeah. We just want to know that, look, at the end of the day is that when you're watching my video, you don't watch my video because you just don't like my content, period. That's it, you know, as opposed to anything else of saying like, if you now bringing in my race into it or anything like that, or if you, you're buying something from someone or you're going somewhere else. The thing is, we want it to be like, hey, you know what? I like his content because he makes great stuff. Or, you know what? 
I used to like it, but he changed the subject matter. I don't, that's not my thing anymore. And that's cool. That's what it's supposed to be about. And that's where we exactly. want to get to, um, as a society. Because, I mean, think about, think about where we are as techies, right? Um, I saw Terry Warfield was in the chat. I saw yeah. uh, Kevin was I was going to say, shout out to Terry. Um, uh, Kevin's in the chat as well. Yeah. Uh, but also think about all the different people that we interact with, the different races and cultures. Um, and the fact that we have that opportunity to reach out to so many different types of people and say, and use the opportunity to say that, hey, look, we're all different. We have different needs. We are from different places. But here in the United States, being a black man or a black woman in the US, you're put at a disadvantage just right off the bat because, you know, systemic racism over the years has set people apart and people still strive and work hard. You will hear the argument, well, but what about this person? Like people will point to me and go, you know, you've done well, you know, and I'll tell them, I was like, yeah, I have, but my, my story is still very different. My story is different from Kevin, right? I, I started off by saying, I was born in Nigeria and I moved here. Kevin was born here. Terry was born here. Terry's story is still different from Kevin's story, you know? Yeah. And the, the fact that people want to lump things together and not understand because we don't say your story is, is the same as mine or as anyone else. The fact that that, the, you know, we want to be convenient and lump it together uh, is something that we need to, we need to shy away from and understand that everyone's story is different, especially for black Americans in this country. That story, uh, has a lot of, is different, but has a lot of similar, similar themes, you know, with, with oppression and the fact that when we see a police officer, we are afraid. You know, that it's, it's, it's fear. It's the fact that, I've had situations where one of my good friends, it just was even at CES, just like whenever we're driving around, I'm like, yo, Gary, you're driving. Because Gary's a white guy. That's it. Hmm. Just, just simple. I, don't, I just don't want to stress myself. I don't want to feel like I need to be um, put in a situation where, you know, then, you know, my mom gets a different story the next day. You know, like we live a life where you, you're, your subconscious, our subconscious is constantly calculating the things we should not do or stay away or hide from or do this or do that. Like living like that is something that has become second nature, but it's very tiring. <laughs> it is very yeah. tiring when you, you have to think of the things you need to avoid um, just because you want to stay alive. And you're not even thinking of it. I'm not saying that we don't think of it that serious. It's just now tied into our subconscious that that doesn't come in the forefront. You just automatically do that that way. So, you know, I, I just hope that people realize that, you know, when you're seeing all these protests, you're seeing things going on, you're seeing um, the uproar, and some of you might be thinking, wow, but why is there some destruction, you know, and things like that? Understand number one is when you've got a system that has gone through the expanse of 400 years, um, and you're still keeping the same people down. You can't expect them to be patient. That's just what. That's just the, a sensible line of thought. Uh, but also understand that we've seen that there are many other fractions, uh, factions trying to deter the protests. We've heard from the governor of Minnesota that there were some white nationalists trying to interject and cause riots within the protests to make it look bad. You know, there's the claim of Antifa, even though Antifa means anti-fascist. I'm just saying, putting it out there for people to actually understand. Um, so we are anti-fascist in this country. That's the whole idea uh, in America. It's weird to so, co-opt that word. <laughs> 
but but understand that and you, you, and this weekend was a great example throughout the weekend we were peaceful protests and much larger than it was throughout the whole week this weekend more people came out more people said hey you know what we don't like that our black brothers and sisters are going through this you know and and the fact that you we we constantly have cases the one thing that always just shocks me is and I think people need to stop and realize is that for three months, and I don't know the proper stats, but I'm just giving my own anecdotal evidence. For three months, because of COVID, we had no police shootings. And we also had no school shootings. That violence to your own very man was stopped by something smaller than my tiniest hair on my body. As soon as that, as soon as we saw restrictions lock out, it came pouring out. Why? Why should that be the case? You know, why should that? Because I, I was joking with, with one of my buddies before, you know, um, the, you know, before the, the killing of uh, Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. We're just talking about how you know, he has kids. I'm like, bro, there's just no school shootings. He's like, yeah, because the school's not in session. You know, like there's, there's, there's no physical, there's nothing physical happening there. And we're seeing that also with police shootings. And I'm going, you know, does it take a virus to stop this? Or do we need to actually understand that this is also a virus that has afflicted this country for a very long time? You know, um, the thing is America has to, to look back the past and atone for its sins. For, for you to move forward, you have to understand the problem. That's always the case. You hear this from anyone who tells you, it's like, if you've got a problem, if you've got a sickness and you're trying to fix it, you have to know the source, what's yes. causing it. Once you, you go back and accept the source, then you start finding remedies. The things that we haven't accepted, you just haven't exactly. accepted the fact that, and it's, you know, racism it's an, persists. It's a, sorry, it's, it's an analogy that I've had in my head for the past week ever since the protests started happening is, because, is that, you know, not, again, it's not, about, it's not about me. It's not even about us. It's about the overall mm -hmm. movement. But just to draw from my own personal experience as, from a medical standpoint, one of the things that we do in this country more often than not is treat symptoms rather than treat root causes. And I think that that is a kind of a perfect analogy for what the issue has been for the past decades, maybe even centuries uh, of this systemic racism. And that is the reason why conversations like this have to happen in places that you might not expect them to. That's the yeah. reason why this podcast is happening uh, on the Pocket Now channel. That's the reason why this past week, both myself, Jaime, uh, via Pocket Now, we participated in uh, not only the whole Blackout Tuesday thing, which in and of itself had kind of a weird mixed messaging, but throughout the week, uh, amplifying voices, trying to be there for the people who are protesting, trying to be there for our brothers and sisters, whoever they are, doesn't matter who or where they come from, we're all trying to be together in this collective voice. And, you know, just just speaking personally from from LA, you're out in New York, and these are two like major spots of protests and of a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. Is like, I would be right out there in the protests if I wasn't one of the most susceptible people to COVID. <laughs> like, if I could be out there with the people, I would I would I would be. Uh, but since you know, coronavirus could statistically, I'm meant to die the moment I get it. I have like zero chance of surviving it 
as with someone as someone with diabetes. So that's the thing. So that's the reason why people like us who might be creators or we might be on social media and whatnot, we have we we are trying our best to support and amplify voices. And you know, that's the reason why I wanted to have this conversation. And I think that honestly, for the next number of weeks, it doesn't matter how long, this conversation has to continue going because especially in the tech community, you know, I it's because of the tech community that I have friends like you. It's because of the tech community that I have such a diverse group of friends, whereas I grew up in, you know, I, I grew up in putting it kind of simply. It's a little bit it's a little bit of a simple term, but I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood. I actually did not grow up with a whole lot of black people in my life. And it wasn't until college. It wasn't until the community I'm in right now that I have actually I've been blessed to have people from other walks of life mm-hmm. and People like yourself, Kevin, Terry, who's who are in the chat right now. And by the way, speaking of the content creators that we were that that E already uh, mentioned earlier, links to all of those pieces of content and to what they are saying on social media will be in the show notes, along with resources that you can use in order to help. Uh, right now, because I am not allowed uh, with my condition, my immunocompromise, my immunocompromise. Because I can't really be a protester, I am trying to support protesters by providing resources and donations to protest uh, bail funds. Um, but those, that, that's just my way of trying to help. But in any case, yeah, it wasn't until very recently that I actually have this community and I want to stand with as many of you as possible. Um, I was trying to think of where to go after that, but I guess like we're all trying to lift each other up and yeah. especially now, if, if anybody is focusing on, let's say the looting or the rioting that was occurring, remember, I want everyone to remember those only happened for like the first two nights or three nights. It happened in a very small vacuum and everybody else that actually matters and actually cares about this movement is still speaking out. The message continues, the -hmm. violence does not. And that is the most important part to remember. Uh, That's why for... That's why for the both of us, I feel like this is, like I said, this is a conversation that's going to continue for, for hopefully forever until stuff like this is fixed. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think, I mean, like, even when I, when I look at like the tech, the tech world and how like, um, everything is so different and interesting. And I remember, you know, talking to my buddy Juan is, you know, the one part that I faced, you know, um, uh, an attack or a, a level of racism was, was about three years ago which even for me didn't hit me until everybody else was fighting for me. And I, and, I, and I love the fact that at least people have come forward to do that. This is a situation where Apple invited a bunch of influencers first to check out the iPhone um, uh, the iPhone 10 uh, mm-hmm. when it was first uh, announced. Oh, yeah. I, went myself, I went myself with um, Soldier Knows Best, uh, the, other, um, he, uh, the other African creator that was there, African American creator, was uh, Your Average Consumer. There was another guy who was a had a, like a skater channel, which I just don't know him personally. Covered the product, put out a video on the iPhone, and um, you, um, those who know me well, I, I use Android devices. I always like Android devices better. But you know, I put out a video that was actually fairly balanced for my bias, where I was like, you know what, Apple has made a good product this year. It looks good. It's not a review. Checking it out. Da da da. Uh, but hey, um, and that video blew up. It did well. Uh, that video went up to 900,000 views that day. But what came about from that was the response of the chief editor from Recode. Now, if you don't know Recode, Recode is supposed to be this big, um, 
liberal, um, very intellectual um, tech website to give you uh, really solid interviews, some good insights, that kind of thing that gives you like a, a more intellectual space to all the things that we cover in tech. And just this is just paraphrasing what the guy wrote. The guy basically said in one paragraph that Apple has fallen away from from giving devices to key key reviewers like Walt Morseberg. I can't remember the other three guys, but basically four old white guys. Instead of giving it to uh, unsophisticated, is the word he used, um, unsophisticated influencers like myself, Soldier Knows Best, the skater guy I mentioned. And your average consumer, four black guys. That was it. Now, mind you, there were 10 influencers. If you thought influencers were sophisticated, then sure, you can mention all of them. Or if you were just pissed that they give you to influencers instead of you, then you should say, look, Apple, why are you giving to influencers, right? You're annoyed about that. That's not a problem, sure. But to single out four of us when there were others is always, it's always something where you go, what did I do wrong to you? Like, why? Like, why are you trying to write sophisticated racism hate in here? You can't just say you're angry that you didn't get it first. Like, just, just be, just be, be, be clear with it. So that aspect, that happened and it was a great outpour from the community, at least, at least for me. I saw, you know, everyone jump out and say, like, why are you writing this about, you know, people I know? I saw reps from companies from AT&T, Verizon, Samsung going like, I know these guys. I know them personally. And what you wrote is very hateful, um, you know, especially for that. But that's the kind of thing that we, we don't want to see. You know, you know, the, we talk about it from different levels. There's, there's police brutality on one end, and there's the subtle racist jabs that you get like that for no reason. Again, if you're angry that influencers got it first, then just say influencers got it first. Don't yeah. try and, and then don't pick and choose. So those are the things that we would like to see going like, look, Treat me on the levels of merit, right? And say, hey, this guy didn't make a good video. So because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. You know what that helps me do? That helps me get better, right? So you don't see bad videos anymore instead of you going down a path. Because what does that do? Like, number one, if you do it on a platform, I'm saying that I'm saying this for, for everyone. You know, when you, when you look at something and you look at a creator, you look at an individual and you want to go, I am going to say something based on that person's skin color, right? When, you're, when your mind starts thinking that way, that's when you need to stop because mm-hmm. if you don't understand what the merits are that person is bringing out, you have no, you have no right to speak on anything else because yeah. you can only judge that person on what they're giving you in terms of content out as merits as opposed to what their skin color is, is showing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't... That doesn't tell me anything about the person. Your skin color, my skin color, anyone else, it doesn't tell me anything about you at all. I mean, it doesn't tell me who you are. It doesn't tell me the kind of person you are. It doesn't tell me what anime you watch, if you watch anime. It doesn't tell me what games you play. It doesn't tell me if you're terrible at playing Mario. It doesn't tell me any of that at all. So why should you judge on something, you know, that's, that's purely, not even physical, just purely visual? Um, instead of actually opening the book to see what's the contents. As the old, the old you know, proverb says, you know, don't treat a book just by its cover, right? Because you have no idea what that book cover is. You know, it's, it's, just, it's that same way when you judge people just from appearances. So you have yeah. to understand that you cannot look at individuals in that respect. 
especially when you're looking at people of color, you're looking at black people, and you're going, oh, they're this, or oh, they're that. I mean, I had situations where, um, you know, I, I dated someone and they were talking to their mom on the phone. The mom said, like, are you still dating that black boy? I started laughing because I just wanted to hear everything. And, you know, and, and she was like, yeah, what do you mean? You know, and she said, well, they're lazy. It's like, oh, okay, cool. So you're putting me in that category. I see where it is. I mean, she got really offended and she was very pissed. She was yelling at her mom. But that was the kind of conversation. That, and that's and that's the thing that you don't want to pass from generation to generation. Now, parent there on, on one hand had a, had a conception, right? And was going to pass that on to her, her daughter. Her daughter was like, no. And ho- hopefully, yes, her daughter won't pass that on to her, her, her own kids. But those are the kind of things that we want to end. Because yeah. if you continue passing that those misconceptions, and everybody's going to look and go, "Oh, you know, they're always like this," or "You always get this," when which is not the case, you know. And it's the same way where, you know, Marquez said in his video, you know, he's people say he sounds white. Sometimes people say I sound white, and you know, um, you have to understand that not everybody's the same. I mean. You grow up in a certain neighborhood. I grew up in a country where English is the first language. Queen's English is what we speak. So I'm going to sound a certain way, no matter what I look like, you know? Um, and that's what should happen, as opposed to you, everyone going like, well, he's not that, is this a black guy because he sounds this way or sounds that way or is like this or he does this? No, I mean, we're all different. We are all very different. Just like in, human beings in, in, in general, we're all different. So yeah. does, and we, and you, you tend to find out that you have more connections with people of different races and colors. It doesn't matter who they are because you have interest. You know, you like, uh, a certain anime and you're like, man, I had no idea you liked that stuff. And did you watch this? Of course I watched it. And then I watched that. Oh my God. You, you know, that's how we interact. And then food comes into play. So what I'm trying to just tell people is that, I know it feels like a difficult time, but a lot of black people have been going through difficult times already. And what you're experiencing doesn't even come close to the day-to-day that we experience. Where, when it comes from dealing with police or just living life and knowing that, I mean, as much as um, George Floyd's killing was really, really annoying. And it just, you know, it pissed me off. What also pissed me off that that week was the white lady in Central Park, which yeah. which we get on a constant basis. You know, of um, she did one thing that has is so constant in this country. It is it, you know some people call it death by police. She told him, "I am going to call the cops and say." She said it before she called that mm-hmm. a black man is threatening. He said, go ahead, because he's recording. He Not even a black anything. man. She said, an African-American man was threatening man me, using the PC term, because term. that is the language of the oppressor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And she, she did that on purpose. This is, wasn't even somebody... It, I, look, I would take it if she got frantic and just started calling, right? She, she literally looked him in the eye and said, I'm not going to call on my dog, number one. And I'm going to call the cops on you and then, wep- like, yeah, like Terry says, you weaponize racism. You just weaponize mm-hmm. it there and call the cops. You know, that is, that is scary. Yeah. That is really scary. That is, to me, that's the one where, you know, you can, you can call cops on someone and they, they get killed at home because you're afraid of, 
of black men or black women in your neighborhood when you if you if only you just spend time to talk to them or actually just listen or pay attention you know those are the kind of things that really are annoying and again like you know we're we're talking about how you know some people wonder how does tech influence he was saved because he had a phone with a camera right he literally that that's the only thing that saved him from being arrested because he could easily record it throw it up on twitter and then everybody's like well what you know what the heck is this rubbish right you know, and yeah. then she she got fired. She lost her dog for a bit. I guess she has her dog back now. Th- you know, those yeah. kind of things. So, it's it, it, it's it's to me to me what a lot of people are seeing is that this is just a snippet of what we deal with, and people are going, "Wow, that's crazy," you know. Um, and it's some of the actions that people don't understand. I mean, we had the protests where there was the older gentleman in uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Who, mm-hmm. Yeah, who was returning the helmet to the cops. And just look at the way they pushed him away. This is one individual, which you clearly know he's older. And the response was he was, he was walk, he was, I forget how they stated it, but it was basically saying he was walking to the, to the cops with some aggression. I'm like, how was he? And then you pushed him away. And then, you know, the, uh, I believe the official account was that he tripped and hit his head. He tripped. Yeah, yeah that was that. Yeah. That was what they said. Yeah. How can you? How can you possibly, with army level tactical gear on, believe that anybody with any less of that kind of gear on could be a threat to you? It's ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, it, you know, it it boils down to a lot of things. You know, some of that is. It, some of that is training. Some of that is also the fact that these things institutionalize. In New York, there are cases of, uh, you've heard cases of um, cops being told that they should arrest more Latinos and yeah. uh, quotas as quotas uh, doing, you know, at subways, people who are jumping over the subway styles and things like that. So, the, I mean, there's a long way to go. The thing, the thing I just ask people is, wherever you are, um, be mindful. Be understanding of the people you're dealing with. Be understanding of of you know of black americans black people black women black men and understand that look if if you truly want to know an individual you just have to go and talk to them Mm -hmm. you don't have to make assumptions you don't have to take a painted picture and think Ooh. I mean, look, I'm Nigerian, so which means I commit what uh, email fraud, right? I mean, that's you can you could do that basis if you wanted to, or you could spend time and talk to me, or send me a message, or try and find out who that person is, because yeah. you never know how that person may affect your life or even save your life in the future. That's the thing that people forget that everything is cyclical in this life we live in. You know, uh, what goes around comes around. Karma, things like that apply. Um, and it may seem like it doesn't apply for anyone. I believe it does. I think that the good that we lay out for people comes back to us because we are sowing the seeds out, you know, uh, for, for that to come back as a blessing down the line. So I think everyone should just look at it from that perspective and go like, hey, um, you know, would I be treated, do I want to be treated the same way? You know, I, I, use, my, I use my faith a lot. I, and as a Christian, I go to... The two, you know, Jesus left literally two commandments. Love your neighbor like yourself. So, even if I do not love my labor neighbor, but I love myself, therefore I must stick to that commandment. And I know it's not for everyone. I know everyone doesn't believe me. But it's basically saying, do I want to be treated like my neighbor? And if my neighbor is suffering, 
then I should not accept that kind of treatment because yes. I don't want to be in that place as well. And I think that's where we need to start off first by looking at the other side and saying, if I was there and I was his skin color, I would be treated just like that. So that shouldn't happen. Well, it should because always I start want, from a I don't place. Want, I don't want to have it. Yeah, it, it should always start from a place of, you always want to start with empathy, right? Like have empathy for your fellow man and your fellow woman and for people who are going through certain struggles, but also to realize that a lot of the people behind this movement who are on the right side of history actually have a lot of common ground with the people they're trying to help. And, mm-hmm. you know, for like you were saying earlier, like we could watch the same anime and it doesn't matter that I'm Asian or Filipino or that you're from Nigeria or you're black or you're African-American, whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. But the fact that we have a common ground on any level should mean that we are together in this in this whole world, in this whole life. And yeah. it's just crazy to me because you mentioned that I, I, I remember that was when I was incredibly pissed off was the. um the Central Park incident, the the Cooper incident, was because, again, to tie it to tech, you know, not that we have to, but, you know, just to tie it to tech, we have social media, we have Twitter, Instagram, all of that, to actually see so many different uh, sides of the same story. I remember seeing that video, and it was already infuriating, for obvious reasons. And then I saw a picture of, I forget his first name, but his last name is Cooper. I remember seeing a picture of the gentleman, the birder. And I thought to myself... This is the least threatening photo <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. You know, it, 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 is, it is problematic to use the word colorblind, and that's obviously not what we're trying to say here. I saw, yes, a black man, but what I also saw was a brown vest, binoculars, badges on his vest like a boy scout like a backpack someone who Mm -hmm. clearly loves the outdoors and was just out there doing something that he loved and there was literally nothing about this photo that if i were approached by that person and being told hey put a leash on your dog that i would immediately think this person's trying to kill me like what the heck what the i almost cursed what the hell is the matter with you and that i remember i remember that being the first sort of like it was the first sting of that week and then of course culminating with george floyd and now we're here at this movement and it's it's incredible because the common ground that somebody like myself might have with other people like yourself you were talking about how people would say um oh you have a really uh, what's the term you were saying earlier like oh you sound like you have a good accent or something you sound white or something like that your english is good speak well yeah like i I just look at me. I pro- I've had that experience as well. You know, like I am literally looked at as somebody who's like, I remember working in a call center one time and they're not even looking at me. Like you can't see me when I'm in a call center. I was wearing a headset just like this. And the person on the other line said, I think I hear you're Asian. And I was like, what? And she said, I can hear a little bit of an Asian accent there. Are you Asian? I said, I'm Filipino. And she goes, wow, you mask that really well. I was like, What? <laughs> I mask my LA-born American accent. (laughs) I was born here. And people on the right side of history right now probably all have stories just like that, which is why we have to come from a place of empathy because look at the group of people, Black Lives Matter, who have been dealing with this for centuries. And in too many cases, in the worst ways possible. Yeah, no, I mean that that's very true. And and for me the the you know, part of me part of me looked at the protest and went, 
okay, we're protesting again. Let's see if anything happens. I mean, like, with that kind of deadpan face of like, eh. not that I don't want something to happen because we've, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of them. Even when I was in Nigeria, I saw the Rodney King riots. I mean, you, you see it constantly enough and part of you just feels deflated and goes like, nothing's going to change, right? Like, just nothing's going to change. But I'm glad the movement is still going. I'm glad uh, younger people are also looking at it and going like, this is not the world I want to live in, you know? Uh, this is not what I look like. So I lo- this is not what I'm looking for. So, you know, those are, those are the things that are at least making me happier about the, f- the way things are moving. And hopefully we see more of that. Um, but also, again, I tell people at the end of the day, if you really want to make the change, pay attention and vote. Not just vote. I mean, that's, that's a common thing we've said for the last maybe eight to 12 years since Obama got in from the Bush era, era time. But look at, look at elections the way you look at national elections, your local elections. Who's going to your school board? Who's going to be the head of the school board? Who's going to be, uh, some places you might have to vote in the district attorney. Who's that person going for that position? Some places, uh, I don't know where specifically, but I think there's some places you have to might vote for a police commissioner or a sheriff. Find out who that person is, right? Yeah. Because those are the person you put them there, right? For a reason. So your 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 state rep, your local council rep, because those politicians you vote in early rise up to national levels later on in life. So if you're voting for somebody now for a local city councilman, you know who's in their twenties. By the time that person turns forty or fifty, they might be running for governor, state senate. Um, you know, and so you know the person you're putting into that, that position. Uh, understand who you're voting for because you can hold them accountable. Because right now, a lot of people are looking and going, why aren't my politicians talking? Why aren't they saying anything? Well, because number one, you don't know who those people are, right? You don't know where they stand. At least now you're seeing where they stand. This is time for you to decide, okay, look, I, you know, the same way you, you want your money to be accountable. AKA you use a credit card and, you know, some expenditure comes through. You're like, wait, 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 what is this? What did I do this weekend? Okay, I partied really hard and I bought too many bottles of Cristal. And you have to do the accounts for it. It's the same way your politicians have to hold that same account for you. Because you're putting them in power. It's your tax dollars that is paying for that. You pay taxes. The things you're getting... You have to understand that, like whatever a politician says, it's like to me something funny thing in politics. Politicians will tell you different things. The funny thing is that number one, they work for you. Number two, you're paying them. Number three, the services you're asking for, you paid for it. When you pay your taxes, all that is yours. Even the stimulus check that we got for coronavirus, right? Or some people got for coronavirus. You paid taxes in order to be able to get a stimulus check when it's needed. Literally. Mm-hmm. So put that in mind when you go to the voting booth and go, okay, who am I voting for? It's no longer just looking at this election this year and going, it's, it's Biden versus Trump. It's who's my local councilman? Who's running? What's this person running for? Who's, who's on the ballot? Why are they running? What's the agenda? What's the, you got to pay attention. For you to have things you want in this life and in the world we live in, you've got to pay attention to it or else our democracy will be hijacked by people who set their own agendas. And understanding that in relation to how you deal with other people, other people of race and color, you have to understand that for you to have that 
equal playing field that you say you want everyone to have or you believe in, then you must set up the parameters for it. Without that, it doesn't go anywhere. So I just tell people now, look, yes, you're supporting people who are protesting, you're donating, you're giving. Remember, go there, pay attention, and vote the right people in. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's uh, that's one of that's one of the main stickers that I feel like everyone should be using on uh, Instagram. I mean, we're on IG Live right now, so just to connect it to that, there's there's a sticker if you're posting on IG Stories, it says register to vote. If you are not registered to vote, become part of that voice. Be a part of all of the people who actually get to enact the change in upcoming elections. Not even talking about general election in November. Like he is saying, it has to be local. It has to be county. It has to be state. You got you to gotta look into all of it. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, not that conversations like this always have to have a call to action. But like just from a personal standpoint... I would say educate yourself. We have literally all of the world's information at our fingertips and actually learning about the organizations that you're that you can support or even just learning in general, like pick up a few books and actually read a little bit. No one said that this was going to be easy. And even on a personal level, trying to learn something that maybe you were not taught in your own upbringing, it's not easy. It's not easy to change your perspective. It's not easy to educate yourself, but it's something we all have to do. No, no, you're definitely right. It's not easy. And I agree with you. Like, learn, try and find out more. I mean, one of the best examples was last year, HBO had a series, Watchmen. Um, and the series started off focusing on a pivotal point in Black American history, which is not taught in schools, which was basically the attack on Black Wall Street, which was one of the most successful Black um, communities in America. Um they had thriving businesses, banks, all those kind of things. And they were attacked by the Ku Klux Klan who firebombed the whole city. It's not taught in schools. I was, it was shown on HBO and a lot of people were annoyed that Watchmen was bringing this into, this is fake, this is that. And they're like, no, this is just part of U.S. history, which is how yep. Watchmen has always been told from an alternate version. We took that part and we continued from there in our alternate version. But that's... Those are the kind of things that I'm happy to see some of that like thrive through in, in culture so people understand. But we have to still do that homework of knowing where you come from, understanding the country you come from. When you hear the stories, like even, you know, think about it from this perspective. Uh, I, I just forgot the name of the movie um, with the three black ladies who were um, mathematicians that calculated the oh. trajectory um, for um, for NASA, right? For, the, for NASA for doing the space race. But think about it this way. These were black women who were doing mathematical calculations on the oh. side because... Hidden figures. Hidden figures, right. Because go. they could not be in the same places in the white counterparts. And the person who actually mapped it out is a woman, a black woman who is smarter than... Not to say smarter, but at least in that respect... She was the smartest person to give the information they needed. And look at how you imagine what the space race would have turned out if she wasn't around. If mm -hmm. she hadn't forced and pushed her way as hard as possible, then America would be behind the Soviet Union. All the things that we clamor about would be one shift off altogether. So people need to understand that, that sometimes the things you need come from the people you... <laughs> least want to deal with or connect with or actually hate 
and understand why do you hate them? Because, uh, to be, again, as like I think, I say everything is cyclical. Everything comes back to you, and people need to understand that. And I think that's something that, you know, with like I said, with uh, voting, with reading, with trying to reach out and understand who you know people are, understanding what privilege means, because everybody gets offended with, with, with you know the term white privilege. I know some white people are like, I don't have privilege. I'm like, look, they are privileges to things. I'm 6'2". There's a privilege to being tall. You do know that too, as well. Like, people don't understand this. It's just that there are certain things you will benefit. Not because you tried. Not because you were even using it to advantage. It's the fact that it's, it's now an inbuilt system. Yep. It's an inbuilt system that's helping you. Now, how do you use that system to benefit others? And how do you try to erase some of those barriers to the system so that others can come in and then you get some really fresh ideas? Because you can't keep going the same way and expect things will change. You know, you and have it to is. And you know what? There, there are all of these. It's easy to get sort of bogged down by all of the different platitudes and things that are being said on Instagram and Twitter and whatnot. But a lot of it is true. It's, it is a privilege to be able to re-educate yourself. There are so many people in the world who are just taught one way. And there are so many people in the world who are just taught a certain perspective on life. And on the topic of privilege, I was never told growing up that I had to act a certain way or I could get killed. I never had to grow up with a conversation of the way I look could mean life or death. That mm -hmm. is privilege. It's not something that I am you know, using to my own benefit. It's just something that I've already had to benefit from and people have been at a disadvantage of on a whole different place all right we got one person in the chat right now that i you know go uh go away <laughs> i have no it's ever since these past couple of weeks i've had no qualms i'm usually a very moderate person like you know people say what they want all those things it doesn't matter but in all honesty if you're going to come in here and spout out vitriol, hate, and whatnot, I have no problem blocking you and kicking you the F out of here. There's no room for that in a platform that is literally run by people who look like us, who look like E, who look like Jaime, who are of those backgrounds. You do not get to come into this space and try to make the conversation about you when we're just trying to make the world a better place. This is mm -hmm. not what that's, there are so many people out there saying, use your platform. We are using our platform. You don't get to hijack it. So if you come in here and start spouting that stuff, goodbye. You don't get to see us anymore. Oh, it's just, that one really just pissed me off right now. Um, and you know, there, there's, uh, it's, it's right. funny because like you were saying how we, we, we were just saying a minute ago about how like educating ourselves, reading, watching things and whatnot. I want to make a certain revelation clear that I had. Um, that maybe other people need to have as well. We've been told these things all our lives. It's only now, after the death of many innocent people, the deaths of many innocent people that we are listening, which is important. It's important for us to listen. But you know, I gotta say, I was looking at a few accounts on Instagram and they started posting that scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will and Carlton get pulled over by the police and they're immediately thrown in jail and Carlton, a black character 
who comes from rich privilege, not necessarily white privilege, but affluent privilege, couldn't understand. He was learning for the first time in his life why his status meant nothing compared to the way they perceived him just by looking at him. Mm-hmm. And I grew up watching Fresh Prince. Black culture has permeated my life, our life. We all appreciate black culture, which is why we have to protect the things that we love. I, I, I thought to myself, my God, I have been being, I've, I've, I've been told the, the harrowing story of black America for years. And I almost, you know, there's no guilt here or anything like that. But now is the time, if there's any time at all, to actually start doing something about it. And man, I just think back to that and it, and, it, and it blows my mind because I grew up, I remember that episode so well because I love, I loved and loved that show. And it informed who I am as a SoCal uh, American. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, the, the thing is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of black shows have tried to try to relay the message over the years. So Fresh Prince is almost what, 20 years old as a show. So that's 20 years back. Family Matters did the same thing too. Yep. There was an episode with, um, you know, I forgot the dad's name again, but his son got pulled over by two other cops in a white neighborhood, you know, and he, he was a cop, so he went to go challenge other cops. And at the end of the story, he told the cop's partner, he's like, you're just in the force, right? Recently, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to do something good. And he's like, just know that the bad guy is your partner right here, you know? Um and they've they've tried this message has been tried to has been pushed out for years and years and years. And the reason why no one has paid attention is because uh number one, you I go by the motion of like seeing is believing, right? So when you see something then you kinda go like, Oh, okay. I now I yeah. see and understand what's what's going on here. But, you know, sometimes you just don't don't realize yeah. that. So I think I think that's something that's really important that we are seeing and people are seeing those things. Thank you, Carl Winslow. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, good night, sweet prince. Um, Carl Winslow has to uh, had, had to do that for his son, and then we saw Uncle Uncle Phil do that as well. And many shows have gotten gone through the years, showcasing all those things. So. It's taken a long time for us to get here. And now people are seeing proof. You know, um, the fact that, think about it, the fact that you, if, at least at least what I know, at least being being a black man in America, is that you got to think of how to quickly start recording when cops pull you over. Just, just so that it's, it's, it's out there in the world that you, are, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, sometimes you do the right things you follow orders and then still you're like, but you told me to do this. So they, they need to be a change and a reckoning where people understand that it, you can't just, you know, you know, especially the people who talk about the protest and who are like, you know, even just angry about protesting in general, you know, you, the fallback I always give them is four years ago, we told you to take a knee and understand the problem. That was it. Kaepernick told you, take a knee. And you try to now spin it to be about the flag. When the issue with the flag was not the flag, was Kaepernick reached out to a 
former Marine who said, hey, look, you know what? Um, I, I really I really wish you stand. He's like, look, I'm kneeling because of, you know, fallen black brothers and sisters by the police. And he's like, okay, if that's the case, why don't you take a knee? Because we take a knee in the military for our fallen brothers. Kaepernick's like, that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. You're paying respect. And of course, the narratives change by people who don't want to solve the problem. Yeah. Now that now that we've got this great cascade of, think about it, like, sadly, things would not have happened if we didn't have a virus that put everyone at home, the same virus put 41, people, people, more, 41 million people out of work, that now are looking and going, okay, I've got nothing else to do, but this is bloody terrible. So I'm going to go down out there and protest. And I think that's, you know, that's something that we need to push and help make those changes so that things actually move forward. Yeah. Um, and I would say on a final note, um, I still have my notes here, but I love where our conversation has gone in general. Um, one, one thing stuck out to me and one thing stuck out to me last week and it was from, you know, I, I do follow a lot of Asian creators and whatnot. So this was one particular uh, Korean American rapper named Dumbfounded who said, mm -hmm. you know, we all talk a big game about representation, but it has to mean more than just what's on TV what's in the movies and whatnot. True representation is uplifting those people in our communities who are showing integrity and actually fighting for what is right in the world. And I do want to just one last time highlight the people like yourself for coming on the show and for speaking out in various other ways, E, but also people like MKBHD, people like Jonathan Morrison, Dom Esposito. Um, Terry had the uh, wonderful video that actually was just out today. I'll have that linked in the description as well. Um, or in the show notes, these are the, if, if there's anything that I think myself, this platform of pocket now or us as people should be doing, regardless of what our voices are, it's amplifying other people's voices because mm -hmm. we have to amplify and support and uplift all, all of each other. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, representation is important and that representation goes beyond just entertainment. It goes beyond anything that you might conventionally think because the people who are really stepping up right now, that is what representation looks like. And it doesn't even have to be me. It doesn't have to be E. It doesn't have to be brands like Pocket Now or Board at Work. It doesn't have to be all of those, but we are all trying to help each other. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I guess, uh, yeah, we've, we've gotten through about an hour of this and um, I hope that People at least learned a thing or two from this. Uh, these are conversations, like we keep saying, have to happen everywhere, uh, even in places that you may not expect, like this podcast. Um, is there anything that you want, any last words that you want to give? Um, I would say plug anything that you want, um, you know, just anything that you want to let everyone know. Uh, I just want people to, like you said earlier, I want people to go and learn. Um, I want everyone to, to understand history, what's going on, why, and what needs to change. Um, educate yourself um, because that, that understanding and, and the idea of learning more sets us forward on a better, better path where, you know, look, one day at some point in the future of this planet, we're going to be shades of one color as we continue to intermix. That's just going to happen. 
But we're still going to be different beings no matter what because some people will like certain things, some people will like different things. What we want to do is go past where, we want to really go past where color is prevalent in people's minds and hate arises from that. What we want is the fact that, yeah, it's great to see that my guy there likes this or my guy like, likes that because we are still going to be different. We're going to be different from how our parents raise us. We're going to be different from the things we like, the kind of activities we, we, we do as kids, whether it's playing soccer or golf or tennis, the skill sets we have. We're going to be different because one person is faster than the other, one person is slower than the other. One person is smarter, one person is quicker. Like There are other things that make us different than this planet <laughs> that have nothing to do with skin color. And that's what we need to to, to strive and achieve. And it's not about looking past the color or saying you're colorblind. It's about recognizing that, yes, that person is different, but there is nothing that keeps them lower than you. Yeah. That's literally it. It's the fact that, yes, you know what? Um, you know, that person is different from me. Yes, that person is black. Yes, that person is Asian. Yes, that person is Latino. Yes, that person is white. It doesn't matter, you mm -hmm. know, because their skin color doesn't affect who they are. It's actually how they were raised, what they've learned. Those are the things that may set them apart from everyone else. So that's just what I want people to actually focus on and pay attention. Thunder, thank you so much for being on. Um, again, a last minute thing, but this was, this was not only important, it was enlightening and educational. I hope everybody else feels the same way. Uh, but with that, we'll go ahead and uh, pop into the outro. As I pop into the outro, I'm not even going to really do any plugs for us or for anything. Uh, I just want to amplify the message that was said at the end of this episode from Thunder E, who basically just said, this is the time for all of us to recalibrate and re-educate ourselves. So with that in mind, in the show notes, I have links to resources that you can use to help this movement happening right now that is continuing to happen. It has only been a week, but... The movement's not going to just stop there. So there are links not only to black creators who we encourage you to follow across YouTube and on social media, not just because they are black, but because they are incredible creators that we all look up to. People like Marquez Brownlee, people like Thunder E, people like Tech Me Out. These are all people that you should be paying attention to beyond just this conversation. They are just incredible people in general. There are also links to resources so that you can help uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the ACLU. Also, uh, personally, one that I have uh, been following is the National Bail Fund, so that uh, there is a national fund for protesters who have been wrongly arrested or wrongly treated by law enforcement and authorities just because they are trying to make their voices heard. Uh, as somebody who is not able to actually be at the protest as much as I would like to, this is one way that you can actually support the protesters and be a little bit a part of that movement and with all of that said we are going to call it on this one please take care of yourselves and each other do what you can to be a part of this global social justice movement it's on all of us to actually change the world and with all of that said we will see you in our next episode